Can you see me? Can you hear me? I'm doing things a little bit differently. Facebook site is looking a little bit different. Let me know if you can see me and you can hear me in the comments, please. I think everything should be going as planned. We are having trouble playing this video. Can you see me? Can you hear me? Nobody is saying anything one way or the other. Can you see me? Can you hear me? I can see and hear you. Okay. All right. Well, everybody can say they can see and hear me. That's good to know. I am doing things a little bit differently. I'm using a new software package that lets me do things. And uh, so I just, um, it, it, Facebook side of things is looking a little bit different. So I have a new software, so I can, then I can come back to myself. So anyway, it'll give me more options when, in, in the future. I can show things once I figure out how to do everything. One step at a time, one step at a time. So I thank you for coming in and watching and listening. Uh, if you're unfamiliar with who I am, I'm, Pastor Nelson Nisley, Associate Pastor at Tower View Baptist Church here in Kansas City, Missouri. If you want to find out more about our church, check out our website at towerviewkc.com, our Facebook page. Um, and when you look up all those things, we're Tower View, Kansas City, Missouri. Not the one in Illinois. They were fine people, I'm sure. And so we are continuing our series, and we uh, last week we started our series uh, in the book of Luke. And last week we, um, we were looking and we saw the a pronouncement that John, the, who now we call John the Baptist, John would be born to his elderly parents, Zechariah and Elizabeth. And we're going to continue on from that. Let's have a word of prayer. Lord God, we just thank you and praise you for all the blessings that you provide for us. Help us as we are your servants in all things. You are the mighty God. Just open our hearts and open our minds as we study your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's see. So, let's see. I see Teresa Moody there. I see Darren, Shirley, and Don, Marina. John and Hannah, Jeannie, Darren, I know is there. And I'm sure if Shirley's there, Don is there. And if Teresa's there, John is there. So Marina, if you're there, I pray that Alan is there. So pray that you all are well this morning and everything is going fine. And as we get started here, I'm just checking comments and other things here. All right. So... We continue on in the book of Luke, and in the book of Luke, we ended last week with verse twenty, chapter 1, verse 25, and the lesson picks up in, in the very next verse, chapter, in chapter 1, verse 26, and that's where we're going to start. It says, In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a town in Galilee called Nazareth, 
to a virgin engaged to a man named Joseph in the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And so Luke, being historical, a historian as he is, he says that in the sixth month, you know, the sixth month of what? The sixth month of the year? Is that you know, the Jewish had two kind of two calendars, they had a religious year and, 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 a, uh, and a solar year. But no, this, this sixth month is the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy. So we read in the first part that Elizabeth didn't tell anybody she was pregnant for five months. So now it's the sixth month. So people are finding out that she is pregnant. And Mary very well may know about her relative Elizabeth being pregnant. But now the angel comes to her. Now, in the, in the, for Zechariah and Elizabeth, the angel, we know exactly where the angel was. In fact, we, we know probably we're within 100 feet of where the angel was. Because the angel was in the temple. We know where the temple mount is. We know where the temple was during Herod's time. And we know where Zechariah was standing within the temple because he was by the, the altar of incense to burn incense. And so we would know within, literally within 100 feet, if, in, if not smaller radius than that, of where Zechariah and the angel was. Here, we, we, we don't know exactly where everything is. We know that they went to a town in Galilee called Nazareth. But where in Nazareth? Was Mary at home in her bedroom? Was she outside taking a walk? We don't know where she was at the time, but the indication is she was alone. There was nobody else there. This didn't happen in the town square. It didn't happen with a room full of, of relatives when they came over for Sabbath day dinner. We don't know. We assume she's by herself, but we don't know exactly where. But we know that she's a virgin. She's she's not yet what she's sort of married. Um, she's engaged to a man named Joseph, who is a descendant of King David. However, being a descendant of King David, he did not have um, any um, you know privileges of that. He didn't live in a palace. He lived in the small town of Nazareth. Um, And so, you know, he did not have the wealth of King David or King Solomon. That was all long gone, many, many centuries ago. And she was a virgin. She was engaged. So in, in the Jewish tradition of that, of that day, you were in, once you got engaged, it was like a legal marriage, except that you weren't cohabitating and you weren't having sexual relations yet. But in order to break the engagement, you literally had to have a divorce. And that's where they were at. They were in that um, engagement period. How long was that engagement? We don't know. It could be a year or, or, or so. How old was Mary? We don't know. Zachariah and, and Elizabeth, we know were old. They were older. We didn't get their executive. They don't tell us Mary's age at all. Most everybody thinks that Mary was probably around the age of 14, give or take a year. Just because the tradition at that time is that's when girls got married. And that's all it's based on. We don't know anything else. 
And so it's just surmising that that's how old she was when she got when this is happening. But here we're told that the angel's name is Gabriel up front. Zechariah, when the angel came to Zechariah, we weren't told initially when the angel was, um, what the angel's name was. And so as you can see, I'm going to go back and forth between the previous announcement and this announcement because there's a lot of parallels and there's some differences. And I think, you know, it's interesting to look at, but also I think they're kind of important. And so Mary, here we are. We're in a town of Nazareth, a small town out in the middle of nowhere. Um, you know, think of small towns here in Missouri where we're at, you know, Holt, Missouri City, little little hole-in-the-wall places. That's where Nazareth was. And, and so didn't go to the big city, didn't go to a big-name person. Went to this young lady who was not even, who was engaged but not yet fully married. And that's who the angel comes to. In verse 28, Luke chapter 1, verse 28. And the angel came to her and said, Greetings, favored woman, the Lord is with you. But she was deeply troubled by this statement, wondering what kind of greeting this could be. And so here the angel finally <clears throat> introduces himself and he says, Greetings, favored woman, the Lord is with you. The word favored sometimes can be translated as grace. So you may hear the term, you know, Mary full of grace. That's where this comes from, because this, this word could be translated a different way. And so she's a favored woman. She's a woman that has grace, the grace of God. And it says, God, the Lord is with you. Now, people sometimes use a, a, as, as a greeting as, may the Lord be with you. <clears throat> kind of like a prayer request, but that's not what the angel said. That says the Lord is with you. It didn't say may the Lord be with you as a, as a request that, you know, pray that God will be with you. No, this is a statement that says the Lord is with you. And Mary was troubled, but what was he troubled by? In verse 29, but she was troubled by this statement, wondering what kind of greeting this could be. So she was, she was troubled not by the fact that an angel showed up, but by the way the angel um, greeted her. That's what troubled her, was the greeting itself, because that is not a normal greeting. She's calling her favored and calling, telling her that God is with her. That's what troubled her. That was not a normal thing. And so how did the angel respond? Verse 30, then the angel told her, don't be afraid, Mary, do not be afraid, for you have found favor with God. So there's that phrase again, do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. Even though God can do many miraculous things, God pronounced a great blessing on her that called her favored, called her gracious, called her and told her that the Lord is with her. And yet that made her afraid. And so the angel says, don't be afraid. And then once again, you have found favor with God. You have found grace with God. 
Verse 31, now listen, you will conceive and give birth to a son. You will name him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and his kingdom will have no end. And so, like John, the angel pronounces what this child will become. And the first thing he says is that he will, well, names him Jesus. And here to Mary, he doesn't say what Jesus means or why you're naming him Jesus. We find out in Matthew that the angel tells Matthew what it means and why to name him Jesus. He will be great. He will be great. In in earlier in, in, in Luke, it says when it's talking about John, John, it says, um, he will be great in the sight of the Lord. Here, Jesus about Jesus just says he will be great. No qualifiers. So John will be great in the sight of the Lord, maybe not necessarily to men, but in sight of the Lord. Jesus will be great. No qualifiers. And he will be called the Son of the Most High. And, and Mary would have recognized it. That's the term for God the Father. She wouldn't use the term God the Father, but Most High, the Most High God, is another way of God, Yahweh, in the Old Testament is, ex is expressed. And so he will be Son of the Most High. And the Lord will give him the throne of his father, David. I'm sure Mary knew that Joseph was of the lineage of David. That Jewish men would know their lineage. They would have to recite it. And so here, it's talking about the throne. So it's not just that you're a son of David, but he's going to get the throne again. Joseph is in no position to be on a throne. King Herod would have his head if he thought Joseph wanted to be on the throne. And we know Joseph, King Herod, tried to kill Jesus just a couple years later when he found out about Jesus. But it says, you know, Jesus will be on the throne of God forever. He will reign over the house of Jacob. That's another way to say the nation of Israel. Uh, Jacob and Israel are literally the same person. Jacob's name was renamed Israel by God. And Jacob was the father of the uh, of 12 sons that became the 12 tribes of Israel. And why is it 12 tribes? Because Jacob was renamed Israel. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and his kingdom will have no end. And so makes this pronouncement of who Jesus is going to be. In the pronouncement of John, it says that he will be great in the sight of God. It would talk about things that he will do and not do. He won't drink wine. It says he will be filled from the, with the Holy Spirit when his, even while he's in his mother's womb. He, will, he tells about what he will do, and it uses prophetic language, what things the prophets did. He will turn many children of Israel to the Lord their God. And he will go before them in the spirit and power of Elijah. So he'll be like Elijah. He will turn people to God. 
The language here is very different. It says that Jesus will be great, no qualifiers. He will be called the Son of the Most High. He will be on a throne. And he will reign forever. Very different description of Jesus versus John. Not that John's description is bad, but Jesus' description is better. He is the greater one. And John always recognized this. In verse 34, we get Mary's reaction to the angel's pronouncement. In in Luke chapter 1, 34, it says, Mary asked the angel, how can this be? That's the same words that Zechariah used. How can this be? In in, in verse uh, 18, Zechariah said, how can I know this? And Mary says, how can this be? But she continues on, since I have had no sexual relations with the man. Zechariah was chastised for saying, how can this be? Mary asked the same question. Should she be chastised for asking the same question? In verse 35, the angel replied to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. And consider your relative Elizabeth. Even she has conceived a son in her old age, and this is the sixth month for her who was called childless, for nothing will be impossible with God. So the angel doesn't chastise Mary, he just tells her how it's going to be. Zechariah is chastised. Now, why? what's the difference? They, they both asked the question of the angel. Well, here's the difference. Zechariah was old. He was a, a Bible scholar. And God was repeating a miracle to Zechariah. God had twice previously that we know of in Scripture given a child to an old couple who had never had a child before. He did it with Abraham and Sarah. He did it with the parents of Samson. And so Zechariah should know better. And even, even if you don't want to count it as a miracle, periodically, Old people do have a child. It's in the news periodically. It does happen from time to time. Not very often, but it does happen. So Zechariah should have known better. This isn't that God was repeating a miracle. Here's Mary. She's young, probably. And God is doing a new miracle with her. And the implication is that she would become pregnant immediately. Not, okay, yeah, I know I'm getting married and then I'll get pregnant. No, the implication is that she was getting pregnant now, today. And so she asked this question, how can I get pregnant? How can can one get pregnant when one doesn't have sexual relations with a man? They didn't have artificial insemination. Why Jesus didn't come in our time, because people would just say, well, that's, he, he just went, you know, she just went to the doctor and was artificially inseminated. No, that's why Jesus came when he did. And that's why it was a miracle. And she goes, how can this be? Because it was a physical impossibility. It was against the laws of nature. God can go against the laws of nature. He wrote those laws. 
They are not a limit to him. They are a limit to us. And he just said that the Holy Spirit will come upon you. And the, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. We have to be careful here. This There's a, there's a lot, a lot, but there are some heresies that come out from this and think that God came down in the form of a man and had sex with her. And that is false. This is the Holy Spirit miraculously touched her body and implanted a baby. God is not some um, old man that goes and cheats, goes behind other people's backs. There's other religions out there that do that. And that is not what this is. God does not need that physical satisfaction. God miraculously worked in the womb of Mary. And Jesus was there. In what it says in verse 37, for nothing is impossible with God. And how did Mary react to that? Verse 38. This is Mary's response. I am the Lord's servant. May it be done according to your word. She didn't argue about it. She didn't ask for further explanation. She just accepted it. May it be done according to your word. And then the angel left her. So Mary showed herself more faithful than Zechariah. We don't know where Mary was. She was in a town in Nazareth somewhere, but she wasn't in a temple. She wasn't a servant, you know, like a priest like Zechariah was. She was young and inexperienced and hadn't seen many things in this world. Zechariah was old and had seen a lot of things. Here Mary accepts it and Zechariah doubted. She said, let it be done according to your word. When we read God's promises, can we respond that way? Let it be done according to your word. When it says, love your enemies, can you say, let it be done according to your word? When Jesus says, forgive 70 times, seven times, can you say, let it be done according to your word? We read about the fruit of the Spirit that says we should show kindness and gentleness and goodness to others and that we should be under self-control. Do we say, let it be done according to your word? When the Old Testament says, do not covet, do we say, let it be done according to your word? Mary accepted that. And we know she accepted that. Her actions show that. So the lesson plan ends at verse 28, but I'm going to go on. Or 38, I should say. In Luke chapter 1, verse 39, it says, In those days Mary set out and hurried to a town in the hill country of Judah. So now she goes to another town, but now we don't get the name of this other town. It's just in the hill, and we don't even tell what region it is. It's just the hill country of Judah where she entered Zechariah's house and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leaped inside of her, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Then she exclaimed with a loud cry, Blessed are you among women, and your child will be blessed. How could this happen to me, that the mother of my Lord should come to me? 
where you see when the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby leaped for joy inside of me. Blessed is she who would believe that the Lord would fulfill what has spoken to her. And so Mary took this trip to Elizabeth's house. Now, how far that was, we don't know. She probably walked. Did she go alone? Did she go with it? I don't know. It doesn't say. But when she got there, when she shouted that she was there, John leaped in the womb. And that already fulfills one of the promises already that the, the angel told Zechariah. In verse 15, it says, in the, in the last part of verse 15, it says, He, the baby, will be filled with the Holy Spirit while still in his mother's womb. And so the, here is the promise being fulfilled. While in the, John was still in her mother, his mother's womb, he was filled and she was filled with the Holy Spirit. So much so that when she was filled, she knew exactly why Mary, who Mary was and about Mary's um, pregnancy. Blessed are you among women and your child will be blessed. How did she know this? The angel didn't go to Elizabeth. The Holy Spirit just came inside of Elizabeth and told her these things about Mary. And, it, and, and she knew that Mary accepted the promise of, of the angel. Blessed is she who believed that the Lord will fulfill what he has spoken to her. A reassurance to Mary that this is a miraculous thing that has happened. And how did Mary respond? If you read verse, I'm not going to go through and read all of them, but verses 46 to 55 is a psalm of praise that Mary speaks. And it's, it's hot, just as qualitatively, just as good as any psalm in the book of Psalms. And we see that the Holy Spirit come upon Mary and, and, and pronounces these blessings and, and prophetic ones too. And it's a psalm of praise to God and to others about what God has done for her. And then in verse 56, it says, And Mary stayed about three months, and then she returned to her home. But it doesn't say which home. Did she go back to her parents' home? Or was Joseph ready to take her back now? We don't know where when Joseph had his dream and, and agreed to go ahead and... and Mary, Mary. That's that's not in here. When did when did Joseph think about divorcing Mary? When did he find out she was pregnant? Did she tell him right away? Or did he find out after she got back from visiting Elizabeth for three months and she was starting to show? I don't know. It doesn't say. We don't we, we don't get those timelines meshing up for us. But it doesn't matter. We know those things happened. Because it happened according to the word of God. And then in verses 57 to 66, we get the account of John being born. And that when he was born, um, they didn't name him. In, in, in verse 59, it says he was circumcised on the eighth day and they were going to name him Zechariah. So he was born but they didn't name him for eight days. So Zechariah was still mute. He still could not speak. 
And so from the temple, the time serving in the temple, the time it took for Elizabeth to get pregnant, the entire time of Elizabeth's pregnancy, now John is born, and he still couldn't speak. You wonder if he was frustrated. He's like, God, you said when this happened, and he was born, it's been seven days, God. Eighth day, the priests come, you know, some, a priest comes to, and I'm, I'm sure Zechariah didn't do it on his own child, comes to circumcise the infant, and that's when they name him. And the rest of the family was there. It's a big celebration, and they were going to name him Zechariah Jr. But Elizabeth said, no, his name's going to be John. So somehow Zechariah was able to communicate with Elizabeth. He probably wrote it down that his name was going to be John. And, and the people are all complaining and says, we don't, you don't have anybody. And they, they were making signs and motions as if uh, Zechariah was also um, part of here. I mean, when, when also uh, when he went, he couldn't hear. Um, that he, as if he couldn't hear. It doesn't say that he could never hear, but the people acted like he couldn't hear anyways. Um if you can't speak, you might, therefore you can't hear, right? We, we don't know if he really couldn't hear, but they acted like he couldn't hear. And he got something to write on. Now, they didn't have post-it notes and, and everything around, so having something to write on was, was rare. What he wrote on, we don't know. Could have been a piece of wax. We know that they wrote on, on a broken pottery. If you broke a pot, well, you took the pieces and you used those as, as your notepads. But he didn't have to write a long message. He just had to write down, his name is John. And as soon as he wrote those words and showed them to somebody else, he could speak. And God's promise that his, 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 the fact that he couldn't speak was lifted because these things came to pass. And Zechariah accepted the promise of what God said his baby was going to be. And he could speak. And imagine the amazement of everybody around. It's, it says that, that, wait a minute, John couldn't speak all this time, and now he, or John, Zachariah couldn't speak all this time, and now he can. What a miracle. What's going to happen with this child? What is so special about this child? And that's what they asked in verse 26. What, will, what then will this child become? And then we have a, a psalm of Zechariah. In verses 67 to 79, it's similar to Mary's, but this one's more about John. And in verse 76, it says, Your new child will be called a prophet of the Most High. Jesus, the Gabriel pronounced that Jesus was going to be the son of the Most High. Here it says in verse 76 that John's going to be a prophet of the Most High. Granted a high calling but not the calling of Jesus. And in verse 80, it ends, the child grew and became spiritually strong, and he was in the wilderness until the day of his public appearance to Israel. And so we get the birth account, and, the, and, and, and actually, you know, from, uh, we, we get the birth, and then in 80, he goes from being an infant to being an adult. And so they can. They, we don't. We don't get anything about John's childhood. We don't know when Zachariah and Elizabeth died. If they died before John started preaching, we don't know that. 
we're not told those those details. But we see here two families touched by God, given a promise from the angel Gabriel about the future. And they both accepted it. It took Zechariah a little bit longer, but they both accepted God's promise. We have God's promises throughout Scripture. Do we accept them? Do we take them for what they are? Do we live by them? Imagine Mary, and, and I mean both of these couples, living by God's promise that something was something special about their child. John was not to drink wine. Wine was a, a wasn't treated like it is in America, like a, a verboten thing. And so at some point in time in that John's childhood, he would, he would drink his first wine. But, Mary, but Zachariah and Elizabeth had to say, no, you don't drink any wine. Does that mean they didn't drink any, so they didn't have to worry about it for him? That would be my guess. Um, that's the way I would deal with it, probably. But he didn't drink wine, and he had to be taught that. And if he was a Nazarite vow, it means he probably didn't get a haircut, which means his hair was longer than everybody else's. And he would have stood out for those two reasons. But Zechariah and Elizabeth taught him why and told him the story, told him the account of how he came to be, about the angel coming to his father and his father unable to speak. Imagine that story John would have heard as a child. And then we have the, the account of Mary and Joseph. Theirs wasn't so wasn't such a blessed thing because when when Elizabeth found out she was pregnant, everybody in town rejoiced. When Mary found out she was pregnant, people would not be rejoicing. She wasn't married yet; she was only engaged. She shouldn't be pregnant. That's why Joseph was going to divorce her. She wasn't supposed to be pregnant yet. People would be talking bad about her behind her back. And maybe to her face, too. Oh, Mary, you're such a godly person. Sure you are. Who's the father, really? Joseph, really? You couldn't wait? Maybe they thought she got pregnant while she was visiting Elizabeth. You know, one night stand somewhere wherever Elizabeth lived. I don't know what they thought. But it probably wasn't good thoughts. It doesn't say everybody's going to rejoice with Mary when the angel came. It talked about how great Jesus was going to be. It doesn't talk about Mary's life. So Mary was blessed, but the early part wouldn't, wouldn't have been a blessing. People would have been talking bad things. Small towns. People talk about people. And young girls getting, married, getting pregnant before they're married. That wasn't what godly girls do. How can you be godly if you're pregnant? And would she tell people, well, God made me pregnant. That would make it better? Who would believe her? Her life would not have been easy. And Joseph's life would not have been easy if he accepts this, which he did, and, and said, I'm still going to marry her. He would have been ostracized just as much as she is. And so Mary's early life would not have been easy. Elizabeth, people celebrated because she she was married already and she went a lifetime 
without a child, and finally she had a child. Mary wouldn't have been that way. But still, we see Mary praising God. And she would have to remember these promises over the years, over the months, while she was pregnant and while everybody's talking bad about her. And so, following God is not always easy. Following the promises of God can get you ostracized and get you made fun of sometimes by people in the churches. Follow God no matter what. Follow his promises. May it be done according to the word of God that we find in Scripture. And so we have these two blessed announcements. We have one of the announcements being fulfilled with John being born. Next week, we're going to look at the next fulfillment being Jesus being born. And that's what we're going to look at next week. Let's pray. Lord God, we just thank you and praise you for the blessings that you provide. Help us to be your servant in all things that we do. You are the mighty God. Help us to live according to your will and to accept your word as is. That it may be done according to your scriptures. And we just pray this in Jesus Christ's holy and precious name. Amen. Well, I thank you for watching. I thank you for listening today. Um, it's a little bit different lesson, I guess. Um, it's a familiar story that we all know. It's a story that, you know, we, we have. So once again, if, if, if you're new, I'm Pastor uh, Nelson Nisley at Tower View Baptist Church. Um, Associate pastor here in Kansas City, Missouri. Uh, we have church. If you're in the area at 1030, drive-in churches came in, parked in our parking lot, turned to 90.7 on your FM dial. And, and you can come and, and watch. Uh, Darren, our senior pastor, will be preaching indoors today. Um, so you'll just have to watch them through the radio. But that's what we have to do in these times. Um, coming inside is by reservation only. So um, unless you, you've called the church earlier and, and made, made arrangements, uh, we ask that you stay outside in the car. Um, since it's cold outside, not setting up speakers outside because I know nobody's going to want to sit outside in the cold. Uh, but check out our, our website at towerviewkc.com to, to find out more. If this, you know, if this lesson you think is a blessing, would others are favor, you know, share it on your, on your Facebook page so others can see it. Hit that like thing so Facebook will show it to more people. All those things. So I thank you and, and appreciate you all watching and all listening. And I'm going to sign out, and turn off a little bit differently. So I'm going to fade and we will talk to you later. God bless and have a blessed day.